When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, I love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. We're not just talking about physical aging, right? We're not talking about just how your face looks. We're talking about how you communicate or indicate that you are not past your prime. prime. I'm Susie Benacarum. And I'm Jessica Bennett. And this is In Retrospect, where each week we revisit a cultural moment that shaped us. And that we just can't stop thinking about. Usually we zero in on a particular moment from the past. But today, we want to talk about what happens when the past catches up with you and your face. So Jess, today I want to talk about something that I feel like is coming up a lot these days when you and I talk, just like more often when we're on the phone late at night. When you forcibly call me on the phone in a verbal <laughs> assault of my millennialness. Okay, listen, first of all, I know you like talking to me. Stop pretending like you hate it. <laughs> Can it be said in a text message. I know, I know. You would always prefer to be texting. I'm in a studio with you all day long. Okay, listen, stop pretending like you don't love me and you don't <laughs> want to talk to me all the time. No, I mean, I get it. Jess really does hate phone calls. I insist on them because I'm the older Gen one. X. But also, it takes forever to type things out. So now I've just, like, resorted to voice memos with you. Yeah, actually, that, I think, is a good compromise. That's a good compromise. Okay, so we're, we're, we've settled on voice memos for us. But I think that actually gets to this idea of aging. I'm a little bit older than you, so... I definitely have some habits that are slightly different. And I think one interesting thing is that, you know, my relationship to aging is changing because of this podcast in some ways. Like we are taking a lot of pictures. We are doing a lot more public appearances. And I think I have started to like examine my face for signs of aging in a way that I did not used to do or just like really hadn't thought about. Well, also because... Traditionally, you've been running things behind the scenes. Yeah, I've been very invisible, and I think that's been very deliberate for me. Like, I never wanted to be on camera. Mm -hmm. And so it's been a bit of a weird experience, and I think you and I have talked about this a lot. Like, I got Botox for the first time recently. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. I just really— Baby's first Botox. Yeah, baby's first Botox. I was really, like, kind of afraid of it and it was totally fine but that experience also made me more self-conscious in a way because 
I don't know about you, but the woman who does my Botox, she requires you to take like a picture of your face, like a close up without makeup and send it to her. And then when you do the Botox, she takes pictures. And then in a month, you take more pictures to so show you're her just the progress. constantly examining. Yeah, you're just like looking at your face. So I feel like now I'm like slathering more things on my yeah, face. Like yeah. I'm, I'm like fighting this thing that I didn't know I needed to fight. Right. So I'm trying to kind of readjust that thinking back to a normal way of experiencing my face, which yeah. is, it's fine. You know, nobody yeah. like cares if I have a few wrinkles. Right. But a thing that made me think about this also is there's this recent Vogue cover where the supermodels of the 90s, this group of women who were just like hugely famous during our childhood, mm-hmm. graced the cover and they released a documentary on Apple Plus about their fame and how they experienced that as a group. And the supermodels I'm talking about are, of course, Cindy Crawford, Christy Turlington, now known as Christy Burns, mm-hmm. Naomi Campbell, and Linda Evangelista. Do you have... Who are all in their 50s now? Who are all in their 50s now. Do you have a memory of the supermodel era in the 90s? Yeah, I mean, of course I remember Cindy Crawford in like those Pepsi ads. And I remember that George Michael music video that they were all in that I think you have a lot to say about. Yeah. But Wasn't the whole thing with this cover that they were in their 50s now, they were reflecting back on their careers, and yet they looked, they appeared utterly ageless on that cover? Yeah, so there's a little bit of a distinction between how they look on this Vogue cover and the documentary that presumably this cover is promoting. promoting. In the documentary, they're seen much more just like going about their business, but it is interesting that there was a bit of a backlash to the cover because they had been so airbrushed, as is Vogue's want to do. And so there was the sense of like, why weren't they embracing their more natural beauty? But I think that's a really high expectation, right? Like, I think it expects a lot of women to sort of just like embrace aging when society is so clear that aging as a woman is seen as a negative, right? So these women all became really famous when they were teenagers, except Mm -hmm. for Cindy Crawford, who was 20, I think, when she really arrived on the New York modeling scene. And even that is interesting to me. Like, I really have a clear recollection of them. Like, I can kind of close my eyes and see each of them in their most famous moments. And Cindy Crawford especially. I just loved Cindy Crawford. And you know, I did not think of them as young. I mean, I think that's what's interesting. They were so larger than life. They Mm, seemed mm -hmm. like, to me, I would have told you they were in their 30s, which is Mm -hmm. crazy. Like, no models start in their 30s. Right. But I was a teenager, so to me, they seemed, like, impossibly sophisticated and cool. And so, you know, these are women who were children when they were revered and, you know, have, to varying degrees, embraced getting older. But it's a lot to ask of them to sort of just like show up on Vogue bareface. They're not going to do that, I think, unless there are extraordinary circumstances. And one thing that occurs to me when I look at this cover is that actually the way we think about magazine covers has changed, right? Like when we were growing up, these were the women who were on fashion magazines. Mm -hmm. They were extremely young. But sometime in the late 90s, fashion magazines very deliberately moved towards putting celebrities on the cover instead Mm -hmm. of models. They just found that it sold more magazines. Mm -hmm. So we do actually see older women on covers now, just much more regularly. Like we're just exposed to more beauty that's not 20. Mm -hmm. Like the cover right before this one was Angelina Jolie, who is 48. Mm -hmm. So it's not 
such a big deal to have women in their 50s on the cover of a magazine anymore. Right. Like there was a time when that would have been just like right. wild. But it's like, do they look 50? Well, that's the interesting thing in general is what we consider looking 50 and what 50 looks like now. I feel like especially celebrities of 50 yeah. is so different. Like if you think about what JLo looks like, that is not what I in my mind as a teenager would have pictured a woman in her 40s or 50s looking like, right? Because there's so much you can do now to fight the aging process. Yes. There's so much that's expected of you. Right. I mean, Botox just celebrated its 25th anniversary. Right. So for 20 years now, people have been getting Botox and all of the different procedures have only progressed and become more sophisticated since then. But didn't Linda Evangelista actually have a terrible plastic surgery experience. Did she talk about that in the cover story at all? So she did talk about it herself, I don't think, but they did touch on it because it's become sort of a, a big story that's surrounded her in the last couple of years. You know, she had done this procedure called cool sculpting, and she alleges that as a result of that procedure, she was, in her own words, disfigured by it. Mm. And where she was trying to remove fat, which is what cool sculpting does, it's like non-invasive removal of fat. Mm -hmm. She'd actually developed hard pockets of fat, which does sound okay. terrible. Like, I would be really traumatized by that, too. And she did settle a lawsuit against the company. So. Okay. I don't know what the company admitted or didn't admit to, but it certainly is an example of the fact that there are so many procedures that are going on now that just haven't been around that long, right? So there are consequences to this. Right. Like, I think Botox might be 20 years old, but it's certainly really in the last 10 years that it's become just very common to use fillers and things that freeze your face. That just didn't exist in the cultural space in the same way it does now. I think partially because of the Kardashians, like they do so much to themselves and right. it's become so normalized. And I think influencers do so much to themselves. Yeah, well, it, plastic surgery used to be something that you hid. And now yes. it is something that you talk about. Well, in some cases you brag about, right? Like yes. I think a certain kind of influencer wants to be like, I'm rich or famous enough to need this. So there's like a kind of different relationship to mm. plastic surgery. Mm -hmm. And certainly... You know, I think we just are more aware that that is a common tool that everyone uses or a lot of people use. I shouldn't say everyone because I think outside of New York and L.A., maybe it's not quite as common. But here I was really shocked when I started to think about getting Botox to find that like every woman I knew had essentially done it already. And I was the last of my friends. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. 
Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit Spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of Melon Leaf stem cell technology. It's Melon Leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Okay, but back to this cover for a second. Do they actually talk about the aging process in, or it's not, that's not what it's about. It just, that became the backlash to it. Yeah, so it's not really what it's about, actually. So the documentary itself is really about retelling their stories. These four women became incredibly close. They sort of represented a time in modeling that doesn't exist anymore, like this era of the supermodel. And this was a very 90s cultural phenomenon They became celebrities in their own right. They were all in that George Michael music video, right? Yeah, in some ways, I think that video really cemented their fame and is like a sort of a bookend, one of the bookends to the beginning of the height of their fame. The song Freedom. The song Freedom. This is this like very famous George Michael video, which, you know, he doesn't appear in because he's starting to have a relationship with fame that's complicated. For those who don't know, George Michael was gay and not out of the closet. So he talked about how he wanted to start deconstructing his image as a sex symbol. But his music really was very sexy. Like he literally had a song called I Want Your Sex. So to replace himself, he asks these four models to be in the video and the models are all lip syncing to his song and they're in various states of undress. And this video played all the time. It was a huge hit for MTV and it became such a huge thing that a year later Versace ended his fashion show. The finale look was these four women coming out to the song Freedom. And that is in many ways seen as like the moment that put supermodels on the map. So, you know, this cover is really about that. But I just naturally assumed, I mean, these are four women in their 50s who made their living off of beauty standards. Right. So I assume there just would be a lot of conversation about it. And okay. Linda Evangelista does 
talk about it a little bit, but basically she's the only one in the Vogue piece, at least. And she says, you know, I don't mind aging. It's like, you know, a sign that we're growing and I want to grow old and I want to stick around. And that's, you know, obviously how we all feel, I'm sure. It's better to age than not age, right? The alternative Mm -hmm. isn't great. Mm -hmm. But I think as women, there's just a lot of evidence that aging is not you know, something that helps your career or helps how you're seen by the world. Like you just lose cultural currency in our world. Everything you're saying here is really reminding me of a thing that happened last year involving former CNN host Don Lemon, who I believe this contributed in part to his firing, or at least allegedly so, in which he noted that a woman of a certain age is, quote, past her prime. Yeah. So he was talking about Nikki Haley, who, by the way, is 51, like not past her prime by any definition I would use. Apparently, it's a definition Don Lemon would use. We'll play it so you can hear it for yourself. Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. Sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. What do you talk about? That's not according to me. Prime for what? Uh, it depends. I mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll if you look, if you Google when is a woman in her prime, it'll say 20s, 30s and 40s. I don't necessarily. 40s. Oh, I got another I'm not saying decade. I agree with that. So I think she has to be careful about saying that, well, you know, politicians aren't in their prime. You need to need qualify. To are you talking about prime for like child boring or are you talking about. And this is so awkward because he's talking to Poppy Harlow, who is. In her 40s. Okay. It is crazy that he's using sort of like the definition of childbearing years for being president. I mean, he was suspended for this and he did apologize for it. But I think this really speaks to how men think about women in a lot of ways. Well, by the way, Don Lemon is 57. But yeah, I think what you're getting at is this is not just among men, but There is a belief, there's a societal belief, and it is backed up by research and data and economics and everything else, that when women age, they somehow lose their cachet, they lose their currency, they're past their prime, they become old hags. And when men age, they are distinguished and wise. And for politics, you literally can't run for office until you're 35 years old. So actually, Nikki Haley, for what it's worth, is literally in her political prime, whatever you think of her. Yeah. And what's interesting is that what Don Lemon is responding to, the reason he says this about Nikki Haley is because she has made a comment about Joe Biden being too old to be president. Like she's essentially saying that she should be the candidate because, you know, both Biden and Trump are too old. And, you know, they're in their 80s. Like the idea that you would compare a woman who's 51 to men in their 80s and be like, it's the same. So she shouldn't comment on their age. Like that is a wild reach on his part. Well, what you're getting at, I mean, and what this clip and this exchange and all of it crystallizes is really an age old belief that a woman can be past her prime and that there's this enduring double standard when it comes to women in age. Yeah, actually, what's so interesting is when I was doing research for this, I was looking up the supermodel documentary and I came across this documentary from 2012, actually, that had aired on HBO that was literally about supermodels and aging. It's kind of what I thought this was. Mm -hmm. And there's this wild quote in the New York Times piece about it from Sheila Nevins, who at the time was running HBO documentary films. And she's promoting the film. So she obviously thinks these women are interesting and have value. But what she says when she's describing the film is beautiful women getting older, women who decay, 
that's always intriguing. <laughs> like, the decay. word decay is so uh, wild in this context to me. I like, mean, I'm sure she'd probably use that word for men, too. Are you? Like, well, do you're you talking think about supermodels. I mean, I guess in a way you are decaying. I mean, you're decaying. But also, I just like, death, I don't know why that word is so vivid to me. Like, I would never well, describe it's a, humans it's as so, decaying. Yes. It's it just jarring. like evokes like a picture of a mummy in my mind. Yes. And, you know, I think that is so ingrained in us. Like, I'm sure she wasn't saying this to be insulting, right? Like, she goes on to say, you know, they are their own instruments. What do you do when you're a Stradivarius that's losing your strings, right? So she's essentially saying these supermodels have lost their tools when they become older. Right. Which, I mean... fair, given how people feel about older women. Right. And, I mean, honestly, you probably don't even need me to give these statistics because maybe it's so known at this point that ageism exists and that that there is a double standard for women. But I've actually done a lot of writing on this subject. And a few years ago, when I was at Newsweek, we actually conducted this major survey looking at hiring managers and ageism in the workplace. And this now, I think, is probably not so surprising, but 84% of managers said that they'd hesitate and that other employers would hesitate in hiring someone who is a visibly older candidate. So, like, yeah, this is very real. Yeah, that feels very real. As a woman, I know that it is going to be harder for me to get jobs the older I get. That's how I feel about it, certainly. And it's not how you feel. That's literally a fact. Yeah, I mean, fair. I it is literally a studies. fact. Yeah. So, I mean, I think ageism exists across the board, but especially for women. And like what we do is a job that requires some access to cultural currency, right? And women are seen as having less access to that as they get older. Like I run digital newsrooms. I'm not going to be seen as being able to kind of think of the right stories Mm. or have a sense of the right cultural moments, which I think is absolute bullshit, but something I'm very aware of the older I get. And I've become more resistant to telling people my age, actually. I thought I would become more willing as I got older because when I was younger, it was always like, you're too young. You look too young for this job. Like, I remember getting a lot of feedback that I was like, are you old enough? Like, well, whatever. That's actually a really good point. So I think what you're describing it and being a leader, especially in newsrooms, as you age, where you're expected to know, like, what the kids are doing, you can be penalized. And I think that's probably true for anyone. But as women, you spend, like, the first 10 years of your career trying to convince everyone that you're not too young yeah. to be experienced or have wisdom at all. And then there's, like, this maybe couple year blip when like you're okay and then suddenly you're too old yeah it's like instant like one night you're one thing the next night you're the other and I don't think that that is true or to the same extent for most men I mean definitely not because most of the newsrooms I've worked in have had older men in charge and no one asks if Marty Baron knows what the kids are doing do you know what I mean like everyone just assumes that he's a man who's earned his position and he knows how to hire people who know what the kids are doing. But there's just more of an expectation of women that you're supposed to be all the things. And if you really want to stay relevant, you better look like you are not that old. Mm-hmm. 
Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. The other thing that is confusing about all of this is that nobody looks their age anymore. Like, what even is that? So do you remember in 2020 when J-Lo and Shakira did the halftime show at the Super Bowl? Yeah. And they were in there like, you know, leotards or whatever. J-Lo was 50 <laughs> at the time. Shakira was 43. And they were dancing and they were singing and they did this amazing act. And people were like, oh, my God, they're incredible. Like, they're, they have more stamina and athleticism than some of the guys on the field. Which, like, yes, they absolutely did. And, like, power to them snaps yeah. to that. <laughs> snaps to that. But I remember looking at J-Lo and thinking, is that what 50 looks like? Because I mean, how many people can look like J-Lo? She looks amazing. And so... I don't know that too. It's like, so on the one hand, you have a 50 year old who shows no visible signs of aging. I mean, maybe if you were to see her face to face, she would, but certainly not in any of the public platforms. And then you have Pamela Anderson. This is another semi-recent example where she was at Fashion Week in Paris and she went totally makeup free. Yeah. Amazing. She's in her 50s. She looked incredible. She looked basically her age and everyone's saying like, oh my God, this is a rebellion. This is so brave. And you kind of want to be like, is that really brave? Like, is that, is that what bravery is? And I get it on well, one I hand. Thought, like, I mean, Malala is brave. Right. You know, yeah, I guess it is sort of brave to go out without a made up face when you're a person whose appearance has been the entirety of your career and you're a woman. But by the same token, like, is that what we call bravery now? Like I can think of a few things that are a little bit more actually this is my whole thing about linguistic play can we not call it brave if it's not actually yeah it's actually interesting right because I just said when you talked about J-Lo J-Lo looks amazing but I also think Pam Anderson looks amazing 
And one of those women looks her age, right? I think Pam Anderson has just embraced a more natural approach to aging. And well, I and by love the way, that. for people listening who may not have seen her recently, yeah. she has. She really does go makeup free. She hasn't done any plastic surgery in a long time. But of course, the early years of her career, she admitted openly that she did tons of plastic yeah, surgery. Of so, and I, I mean, that too, in and of itself, is like an irony. It's like, so we're now we're hailing the person who, in fact, created the unrealistic standards as being so brave for now tearing them down. Yeah. And I want to be clear, like I have no judgment actually about plastic surgery. Like I obviously just admitted that I got Botox and if I want to do some nips and tucks, I'm not going to feel any kind of way about that. The truth is we live in a society that's going to judge me based on how I look. And if I have to do things to feel more comfortable or confident, I don't feel any shame or about that. Or better your career. Or better I mean, my that's career. The screwed up part about it. Yeah, anyway, carry but on. I don't feel shame about that, and I don't shame anyone else for it. But you know, there's one person who I do sort of feel a little bit conflicted about this on because I love her so much, which is Madonna. Yeah. You know, to me, Madonna is the icon of the '80s and '90s. Like, I just worshipped Madonna when I was a kid, and I felt like she broke so many boundaries. She, she did. really showed us that you could be a woman who owned her sexuality, who owned her ambition, who was willing to be entirely herself and didn't feel all this pressure to conform. But, you know, the way her plastic surgery looks now, and, you know, maybe this is unfair because it's just like, I don't like what she's chosen to do. Like, Mm. J-Lo looks good to me, so Mm. I accept the choices she's made. But, you know, there was this recent furor last year about Madonna's face at the Grammys You know, she's just gotten a lot of filler and her face looks really puffy. She just isn't recognizable physically. Like she doesn't look like herself. Yes. And not in a way that's flattering, unfortunately. And, you know, she's talked about how hard it was to hear that feedback. I mean, people really openly talk about her. Well, yeah, so that's just, so the thing that confused me is like, yeah, if you've seen Madonna in the last few years, like this is what she looks like. So why is everyone suddenly now upset? But people were up in arms. Everyone was criticizing her. It was like in every single tabloid. It was all over the Internet. And I don't know. We live in a culture that makes women do this. And then you're going to pounce on her for doing it. Yeah. I mean, and she's 64. Right. So she is doing what she feels she needs to do to continue to stay in the spotlight. And I do think like social media makes it so that she must also be looking at her face all the time. Right. She has to do Instagram. She has to do all these things that maybe wouldn't have put as much pressure on her before. In my fantasy of Madonna, because I also love her and think she's incredible, she was doing this as a fuck you to everyone else. She was like, yeah, this is what I look like. You might not like it. This is what women have to do. Like, I'm going to put it in your face. And she actually has said that, right? She responded to this by saying it was ageism and misogyny. And she said, I think she said something like, I look forward to many more years of subversive behavior, pushing boundaries. But I think this sort of gets back to what you were saying about Pam. What feels like more subversive behavior in this world is actually actually allowing yourself to age, right? Yep. And so that is a little bit of the conflict. It's like, I'm not at all surprised that Madonna feels pressure to look young. Right. But I wish that she felt about it the same way she felt about a lot of other things in her career, which is fuck the standards everyone else is setting. I'm going to be the person I choose to be. And, you know, she's saying that this is that. And so I want to take her at her word. But it is interesting that it brings up something for me, right? Like, I feel a certain way about the choices she's making. Well, and clearly so many other people do. And so many other people do. I I mean, yeah, it's easy to say we wish that she could age naturally and still be doing what she does. But would the culture let her? 
Would music executives let her? Would the Grammys let her? I don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, Pam Anderson's a great example, right? Like, she is doing that, and it's it's working for her. She's actually right, but getting... she's not in a show. She's, like, attending Fashion Week of her own accord without a stylist, just as, like, a private citizen. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard to know what you can and can't get away with, and, right? And we should also mention, too, by the way, yeah, so Botox has been around for years. Like, in general, all of these procedures have increased, but they've increased more for men than they have for women. That's I'm not saying that more men are doing them than women now, but I believe the data would show that the increase has been higher for men because it's now becoming normalized for men to do it, too. Oh, 100%. I mean, I think it's so interesting. I actually remember the first time I realized men in the spotlight got plastic surgery. I was working with a very well-known woman in the public eye. Oh, you can't and say that. You have to I tell mean, us. I just won't out her for this. And we were watching just randomly an Oprah show. It was okay. just on in the background in the newsroom. Mm -hmm. And she looked up and it was Tom Cruise being interviewed by Oprah, not the famous uh -huh. Tom Cruise, like a previous Tom Cruise not appearance. Not the jumping on the couch. Not the jumping on the okay. couch. And she said to me, wow, his work is so good. I wonder who he's using. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I did huh. not realize that Tom Cruise in his 40s was getting work yeah, done. Yeah. You know, to me, that was like a real revelation. And, you know, as I was in the TV business longer, I realized a lot of male anchors were getting plastic surgery. But I think it used to be something that men in the public eye did and hid. Yeah. But now we're pretty aware of the fact that, like, Everyone kind of knows, right, yeah. that Joe Biden is getting facelifts and using Botox. Like, we just expect we it that? now. I, I don't know how you could not know it. I mean, the man is 80 with the skin of a 50-year-old man. Is it? I mean, have you looked at a picture of him? Like, no, look, I mean, I have. Google a picture of Joe Biden right now. And his skin looks... Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I, of course, would not be surprised. Well, and I think Joe Biden has to, right? Because yeah. if he looked well, truly especially 80. Especially if the major criticism against him in this moment is that he's too old. Right. And then like you look at someone like Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi has obviously also had a lot of work done to maintain the appearance of youth to some degree, right? Like she doesn't look like she's 30, but she certainly looks younger than her years because, you know, I think just being in the public eye forces you to look a certain way and we have yeah. a different expectation of what ages are supposed to look like now because the needle has moved so much. We don't actually know what 80 is really well, supposed to look like. Well, that's the thing. I mean, look, this is all really complex. Even Gloria Steinem has admitted to having some work done. So how are you supposed to think about it? Like, it would be great if everyone aged naturally and we yeah. could all just like look like our actual normal selves. But we're too far past that yeah, at this totally. point. When I was reading up on this subject a little bit and trying to remind myself what I had written in the past, I was rereading this essay that Deborah Spar, who used to be the president of Barnard, where you went to college. Yes, I'm familiar um, with Deborah Spar. for the New York Times. And she was talking about the kind of feminist conundrum of getting work done and how she and her peers had done everything right. Like they had worked their way up in their careers. They had found partners who were going to like change the diapers and support them. They put off their fertility so that they could establish their careers in time. And then they hit a certain point and suddenly they're like all getting work done, but then lying about it or like trying to hide it. And I think that's an enduring thing. I mean, that was written, I think, in 2016. And I think people are talking more openly about it now. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the solution is. I know that for me, 
my job, which is in many ways my livelihood, is very intimately connected with the ability to understand what's happening in the culture. Yeah. And oftentimes the people that are creating the most interesting culture are young people. And so you have to know about that. So is, you know, getting a bunch of work done to look younger going to do that for me? Like, no, but we're living in this interesting period, I think now, where the internet has allowed people of every age to consume the same things. So on some level, it's like we're listening to Olivia Rodrigo and like Great crying album, in the, the shower <laughs> while doing so. And the teenagers that I document in my reporting or my students in the class I teach are all wearing the clothes that I literally wore when I was like getting my first period at age 13 at yeah. Washington Middle School in Seattle. And so there's like this weird flattening of culture that's occurring. Yeah. And it's like, who's young? Who's old? How do we tell? Like, yeah. I, I don't look my age. Neither does anyone else. Young people are doing makeup tutorials on TikTok that make them look so old. Like, well, also there's they, skills. People are dyeing their hair gray now right. as like a fashion trend, right? Which, I mean, I guess that's not now. That's been around for a couple of years. But this gets to something I think that's interesting, which is we're not just talking about physical aging, right? We're not talking about just how your face looks. We're talking about how you communicate or indicate that you are not past your prime. prime. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yes, that is. And how do you communicate that? Well, you had this interesting piece in The Times about what it feels like to no longer be the group that everyone is courting, right? The You're generation. a millennial. Yeah. And I think that that's also interesting, right? That there is this thing that happens as you get older, which is that you start to feel like you're not as relevant to the conversation because the conversation is no longer directed towards you. Right. Well, so, I mean, I entered my career at a time when everyone was desperate to figure out millennials. Yeah. So it was like every headline was asking about millennials. People were always coming to me at my various jobs where I was like an intern or whatever, being like, so what are like the kids doing? And there was a full year after I moved to New York after college where I was working in a bar and I was taking market research surveys online where the only requirement was that I had to be a millennial yeah. and I would just answer questions about like whatever random thing because they just valued my opinion as a millennial so much. And so you start to feel like the center of the generational universe yeah. and you get used to that. So I think I did get used to that a little bit. Like I was, yeah, I was the cool one. I was the one that was telling people what was happening on the internet. I started my career at a time when people didn't care about the web, but they simultaneously knew that they needed to understand it. And how were they going to understand it? They were going to ask me. I love that you just referred to it as a web. I mean, I think you started at a time when we called it the web, yeah, right? Yeah, we yeah. don't call it that anymore. But, you know, truly, I think it's like you've been replaced by Gen Z, which is now the sort of yeah, age the group that, that advertisers are courting and everyone wants to understand. And so I think this is just a natural progression. Like, yeah, it is time to pass on the baton in some ways. But also there is one thing I came across in the research that I've actually been trying to really Live. absorb for myself, which is that, you know, I told you I found that older supermodel movie from 2012. Mm -hmm. And in it, Carol Alt, who was also a very famous model mm -hmm. in her time, said something that I think is true and that it's easy to forget, which is she said, aging isn't necessarily bad. And this was her quote, there comes a point at which you are a precious commodity because there is nobody else like you. And I think that's an important thing that we should all really try and take to heart. 
there's value in aging, and we forget that a lot in this particular society, but it's real, and I'm not looking to be 20 again, for sure. Susie, I want to quickly tease our next episode, which actually pairs nicely with this idea of aging. Ooh, is it about Botox? <laughs> it's not about Botox. It's about American Pie, which, can you believe, is 25 years old this year. Oh, no. And it's also about how that movie popularized the MILF. MILF! 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 This is In Retrospect. Thanks for listening. Is there a pop culture moment you can't stop thinking about and want us to explore in a future episode? Email us at inretropod at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at inretropod. If you love this podcast, please rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen. If you hate it, you can post nasty comments on our Instagram, which we may or may not delete. You can also find us on Instagram at Jessica Bennett and at SusieBNYC. Also check out Jessica's books, Feminist Fight Club and This Is 18. In Retrospect is a production of iHeart Podcasts and The Meteor. Lauren Hansen is our supervising producer. Derek Clements is our engineer and sound designer. Emily Marinoff is our producer. Sharon Atiyah is our researcher and associate producer. Our executive producer from The Meteor is Cindy Levy. Our executive producers from iHeart are Anna Stump and Katrina Norbell. Our artwork is from Pentagram. Our mixing engineer is Amanda Rose Smith. Additional editing help from Mary Dew. We are your hosts, Susie Banakaram and Jessica Bennett. We are also executive producers. For even more, check out inretropod.com. See you next week. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Com slash compatibility.